welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can please open up. We're going through the book of Revelation. So we're in Revelation 9, picking up in verse 13. Title of the message here this morning is Authentic Change. Authentic Change. As was mentioned, uh, Pastor Ed from Cyprus, uh, Calvary, um, went to be with the Lord. And he was a good friend of mine. We spent much time together. He did our worship for us for like 12 years. Uh, He did our midweek study for like 12 years, and then the Lord raised him up to pastor a church. Uh, I talked to one of the assistants over there uh, the other day, and he was just kind of telling me what was happening and, you know, before he went to the hospital. And and Ed was just a strong guy. He didn't want to go to the the doctors. He didn't want to go to the hospital. He was just strong. And he served right up to the end. He just served the Lord. And I I think of Pastor Chuck Smith, how he did the same thing. And it's just a blessing to see men like that. And I want to be like that. You know, Pastor Chuck, they would ask him from time to time, uh, when are you going to retire? And he says, why would I retire when I'm not tired? (laughs) (laughs) So I had the blessing, the opportunity, uh, the family called me, and I was already in the hospital once against all odds, and so uh, the family was finally allowed to go into the hospital, and they called and asked if I could be with them as they went in to to see, uh, uh, well, the brother I was with, so his brother, Ed, and then also the mother and father were there, and, and it was so funny. I go to check in the hospital, the security and the screening and all, and so I go up to the front and, you know, to get your picture taken and all that kind of stuff, and the lady's there, and she goes, Pastor Joe? <laughs> and, I says, and then she goes, uh, I've been to your church before. I go to Jack Hibbs Church. She goes, I, I watch you all the time online, and she says, that story you told about the hospital, I was wondering, you didn't say anything. Was it this hospital you were talking about? <laughs> And I said, yeah, it was this hospital. (laughs) I thought so. It was so funny. We're going to talk about authentic change. And it's interesting. I was going through notes that I did years ago when I taught the book of Revelation, probably about 12 years ago. And, uh, and I had a story there about Pastor Ed, and I thought, wow, this is so, so fitting. So uh, about 12 years ago or so, probably 11, 12 in there, I think, yeah, right about there, um, Pastor Ed and some friends of mine, we went to a, a, a shooting range to you know, just do shooting practice and all that kind of stuff. And it was the first time I shot with a handgun. I've never used, I've used a rifle as a kid, you know, 22, you know, but shooting out in the fields there in Pennsylvania, I would, you know, we used to shoot. But I never shot a handgun. So it was interesting. So what we did is uh, the guys that I was with, they have all these different kinds of guns and stuff like that. And so they started me off with a 22 uh, handgun, you know, a little 22. And they had the, 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 uh, the target get real close and and then the the interesting thing was is this is Ed's pastor Ed's heart so when I shot and he says he says no you're you're to the left and you're a little low and he says so and he made the adjustments and he says so make this adjustment and then then it got better and better and then I started hitting you know in this circle and then they moved it farther away you know so then then they used different guns and then they they were even you know more difficult to work but but the interesting thing was is is just to see pastor Ed's heart he was really concerned because I never shot a gun before a handgun he was just he wanted to help me and he says no no make this adjustment make that adjustment no no a little over here don't do this do this and he was just kind of tweaking it in and those adjustments made a big difference when we come to Christ through the word of God and by the Holy Spirit 
it shows us that we need to make adjustments to get it right. We're off a little bit here. We're off a little bit there. And, and God's going to show us where we're off, what we're doing wrong. And, and we have a choice to make as believers in Jesus Christ. Are we going to make those adjustments? Or are we just going to say, no, 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 I'm doing life my own way. You see, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we spend time in the word of God because the word of God is truth. And the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. You see, it corrects us, it directs us, it teaches us, it it shows us which way we should go, and we have an opportunity to make changes in our life. But if if you don't make changes, if I don't make changes, you're going to stay the same way that you were when you accepted Christ as your Savior. And that's sad. You see, God wants to change us. God didn't save us to keep us the same way that we were. God saved us to make changes in us. And you should be able to look back at your life and say, Wow, yeah, I see the changes that that you're making, Lord, in my life. Continue to make the changes. And even with that target, as it went farther away and it was harder, God does that with us. Once we, you know, we walk a certain way and he teaches us and he trains us and he shows us this is wrong and do this and this is the way I want you to go, walk in this way, and you start doing that. Then it's like the target goes even farther out and he's like, and you're like, whoa, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. And he's like, no, this is the way. Just make this adjustment. God wants change in us, true change, authentic change. And my question to every one of you that are believers in Jesus Christ, are you allowing God to make changes in your life? Are you allowing him to correct you? Or are you being stubborn? Are you being prideful? And I would ask that you would put the pride away, each one of us, and allow God to be God in our lives. Allow the Lord to be Lord of our lives. Allow him to show us the way, what's right, what's wrong. Let him correct. Let him teach us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So with that being said, I'm going to ask you to please stand with me. And I'm going to read the text here. Revelation chapter 9. I'm reading verses 13 to 21. Revelation 9, picking up in verse 13. John the Apostle writes, Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Verse 16, now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw horses in the vision Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, which is a deep blue, and sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were like heads of lions, and out of the mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire, by the smoke, and the brimstone, which came out of their mouths. Verse 19, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents, having heads and with them they do harm. But the rest of mankind were not killed by these, that were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Last verse. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Lord, I am so grateful, I'm so thankful, Lord, that we as believers won't go through that time on this earth. Lord, I would ask, how does this apply to us? 
How can we make application? You said we're blessed when we apply it. So how do we apply this word? Please show us. Please teach us. Thank you for your, your wonderful word, Lord. Bless the time as we look closer into these verses. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you. We're looking at what is called this trumpet judgments. We looked at the first five already. This is the sixth one. Remember, the last three are the worst. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're looking at the second woe. And I, I just want to put this up on the screen just to give a little visual. I don't know how well you can see that. But here we, we have the seven uh, trumpet judgments. The first one affected the grass. A third of the, the trees were burned up. The second one affected a third of the uh, sea that became blood. A third of the ships and the sea uh, creatures were destroyed. The third trumpet that blasted, that sounded, a third of the waters were turned bitter. The fourth one, the sun and the moon and the stars, a third of them didn't shine. So we had the first four trumpets uh, affect the nature. The last three affect man, affect those that live on the earth. So remember last week we looked at the fifth trumpet judgment, which tormented men for five months. Remember those demonic creatures that come out from the bottomless pit. I mean, this is real stuff. You, it's not, you know, this isn't some sci-fi movie that just, that's not going to happen. This is like real stuff that's going to happen on the earth. So the men are going to be tormented. They're going to want to die, they're, but they're not going to be able to die. They'll try to commit suicide, and that won't even work. So they're going to be tormented for five months. That's the last one we looked at. The one we're looking at here, uh, there's an army of 200 million. We'll talk about that. They kill a third of mankind, and then we'll, we will be looking at, when we get to chapter 11, the seventh trumpet that will sound, and it will proclaim the kingdom of God that's declared. So here you have a little visual, a little chart to look at. But let's look closer at verse 13. It said, Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. So here's the sixth angel. He sounds, but then we have a voice. Many believe this is Jesus speaking. It might be God, but it's either Jesus or God, one or the other, because a command goes out from the golden altar. As we look at this, I I believe it's important for us to realize the golden altar is the altar of incense, if you're a note taker. And at the altar of incense, it was where the high priest, now I'll put a visual up here. I'm a very visual person. Not that it looks just like this, but it's something like this. So you've got the altar of incense. And so what happens was the once a year, young Kippur, uh, the high priest would go in and they would take blood from a sacrifice. Listen to this. Take blood from a sacrifice and they would put it on those four horns. You see the four horns? They put the blood, sacri- for the, the blood from the sacrifice. It would go on the four horns and then they would offer incense. Listen to this. And then the incense would, would uh, smoke up and it was a picture of the, the, the incense is a picture of prayers going before God because that's the Holy of Holies. The other side of the veil was the Holy of Holies. And then the other side of that was the tabernacle, of the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant. And that's like God's presence. So this was just a, a visual that the, the smoke is prayers going up before God. But first he would put the blood on the horns of the altar. And the big picture, it's a, it's a picture of God does not hear the prayers until there's a blood sacrifice. And it's a picture of Jesus dying on the cross, his his death. He died, and then when he died, remember what we're told in Scripture, we're told, and I'll put that up here, 
that when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So the, the, the veil was open, and it's a picture of the sacrifice was made. Jesus was the sacrifice. His blood was shed, and then the veils open where man can pray now, and our prayers go right up to the Father. I remember when I was, before I was a believer in Christ, before I became born of God's Holy Spirit, People would share the gospel with me, my sister and others. And I, would, I used to say two things. I would, I would tell them I was in the Catholic church at the time. So I would put up, I'd say, I'm Catholic. She said, no, you, need to, you can be Catholic, but you need to be born again. Well, I'm Catholic. I, I don't want to talk to you. I don't. But then I would say, I'd get mad and say, I pray every day. And I used to say that. And I, I think I, looking back, I probably did. Maybe not every day. But that would be by two little things. I, it was almost like, stay away from me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm of this denomination. Don't tell me your story. And then I pray every day. Well, according to this, my prayers didn't even go a foot off the ground. Because there's first, there, there needs to be a blood sacrifice. You, you need to accept the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his blood covers your sin. So now your prayers, listen, now when you pray, guess what? Our prayers go right into the presence of God. Isn't that awesome? When you pray, God hears your prayers. I remember the first time that I prayed out loud. I was a baby Christian, probably a week or two old in the Lord. And, and we had a prayer, or excuse me, we had a Bible study at my house. My brother-in-law, uh, Mike, taught the Bible study. He's still a Calvary pastor in uh, Macomb, Michigan. He's there, you know, pastoring the church there. But the first time, so he's teaching the Bible study, and I just got saved, and I'm just, I'm born again, and the Holy Spirit's living in me, and the Bible's open, and now I'm like, wow, this is so great, and I'm understanding the Bible like never before. And so then they said, well, let's pray. So we're in a circle doing the Bible study, and then so they open in prayer, and then they go in a circle, and I'm the last one, and I'm thinking, I've never prayed out loud in my life. And literally, you could see my heart coming out like this. I'm like, this is scary, because I never did it before. And the closer, and it was, the, the thing was, the closer it was getting to me, the, the faster my heart was going. I was like, I'm like, I'm really going to do this? I'm really going to, you know, like pray out loud? And I'll never forget, so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. And I started praying, and it just... God's peace just came upon me, and it was like, I, I realized my prayers aren't falling to the ground anymore. They're going right before his presence. They have not been able to shut me up since. <laughs> God's judgment that's going to take place that we've, we've read and we're going to look a little closer at, it's taking place right before this altar of incense, meaning prayers going up. The prayers, this is the prayers of the saints. God, how long until you deal with this wicked earth? How long until you deal with those that are so wicked on the earth? How long, O oh Lord? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How long, Lord? And so this is an answer. The voice goes out from heaven saying, now's the time. Judgment's coming. I'm a just God. They reject me. Judgment's coming. But let's not forget the power of prayer as we look at this. Prayer is so powerful. Amen? I remember a story. Now, we're going to get into some verses of the prayer, but uh, the story of the lady, she's radical Christian, loved the Lord, and her neighbor was an atheist, and her neighbor would mock her all the time, make fun of her, and 
because she was a Christian. He said, there's no God. And he would say, you know, you're just, you're, you're dumb, you're stupid. And, you know, he just was really rough on her. And while well, she was going through a financial difficult, you know, financial uh, difficult time and, and she was praying and her window was open and the atheist heard her praying and she was asking the Lord, Lord, we need groceries, we need help. And, and so the atheist neighbor went and got groceries and put it on her front porch and he hid in the, in the bushes. He knocked on the door and he hid in the bushes. She came out and she goes, she saw the grocery. She goes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You're so good. You're so good, God. Thank I knew, I knew you were going to provide for me. And the atheist gets out of the bushes and he says, he goes, your God didn't provide that for you. He goes, I provided that for you. He goes, I told you there is no God. She goes, thank you, Lord. I knew you were going to provide, but I didn't know you were going to use the devil's money. <laughs> God hears our prayers. We're told in 1 John 5.14, it says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. In who? In God. That if we ask, can we say this together, please? Anything according to his will, he what? He hears us. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You have to know that when you're praying. If it's according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the what? The petitions that we have what? Asked of him. When you pray for something according to God's will, know that God hears your prayers. Know that God will provide those things for you. He'll take care of it. When you're praying for loved ones that do not know Christ, you know it's according to his will that none shall perish. He's given them a free will, but you can pray with confidence, Lord, I know you want to save that person. It's not like, Lord, I don't know if you want to save this person, Lord. They really need you, but no, no, you can pray with confidence. Lord, it's your will that none shall perish. It's your will that that person submits their life to you. God, I pray in Jesus' name, do whatever it takes to save that person, Lord. And, and anything that's according to God's will, it's, it's God's will that we don't walk in fear, and you can pray that with confidence. God, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. We let our requests be known to God. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards our heart and mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. We can pray with confidence. God, I'm feeling fearful. Take it away from me. Remove this from me, God. When we pray according to his will, we can pray with confidence knowing that God hears that prayer and, and it's called faith. We trust God. If it's according to his will, we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Now, there's other areas in life where like, okay, you know, like we, we pray, there's times we prayed for people that are, you know, have cancer and the doctor says, well, there's no hope, send them home. We pray and then they're healed. And the doctors scratch their head and say, I don't know what happened there. And it's like, we prayed, we prayed, God heal him. And sometimes he does. Other times we pray and we, we hope and we pray and it might be God's will that they don't get healed. Don't let anyone tell you you don't have enough faith. That's why you're not healed. That's blasphemous. There's things we can stand on in the word of God. We can pray because we know it's God's will. There's other things we don't know. We're not God. But we should have that confidence when we pray when it's according to God's will. Amen? Amen. As we talk about prayer, I, I think about in John 17, the real Lord's prayer, when, when Jesus is talking to the Father. And this is what he prayed for his disciples. And he prayed this for us. 17, John 17, 15, it says, I do not pray that you should take them, what, out of the world? Wouldn't that be nice? You pray to receive Christ and you just go, you just shoot up into the heaven. That would be my plan. That would be a good, you know. 
<laughs> you know, you pray and then it, boosh, that's it. Take us out of this world, but it doesn't work that way. He's changing us here on this earth. Okay, so it's not, it says, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from what? The evil one. So you can pray that according to God's will. God, the evil one's messing with me. Lord, remove the evil one from my life. Remove the evil one from my family. Remove the evil one from our midst. That's what Jesus prayed for his disciples, not to take us out of the world, but they keep him from the, the evil one. So prayer, the power of prayer. And it shows us that prayer plays a significant role in end times events. And it's important for us to be people of prayer. Amen? Amen. Verse, back in our text. So the voice goes out saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the fourth angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. That's a lot of people. They estimate that there's 7.8 billion people on the earth today. If you were with us when we were in Revelation chapter 6, the seal judgment wiped out a quarter of the earth's population. That means a half of the earth's population will be wiped out when this trumpet judgment comes forth. That's half. That's almost 4 billion people will be destroyed. That's a lot of people. You might ask, why are they bound at the river, these four Angels, we don't know. Probably because they're destroying angels and they're just set aside for this time. I want to give you a little history about, you might know this already, the, the River Euphrates. It's a very important river in scripture. Uh, it's, it ran through ancient Babylon where false religion started, the, Babel, the, the Tower of Babel. Uh, it's the eastern, most eastern border of the promised land. It's the longest river and the most important one in the Middle East. It also, it's in Genesis where it talks about the Garden of Eden. There was four rivers. Well, this was one of the rivers. So we know this went somewhere in the Garden of Eden. So we know that this river, near this river somewhere was the first sin that was committed with Adam. The first murder was committed in this area. So there's a lot of history here, the, the river Euphrates. I want to make this very clear. Man at this point is so evil, they want evil, they don't want God, they refuse God, and it's like God saying, you want evil, you want to do things your way, this is what you get. You want evil, I'll release evil to you. You really think you want a life without me? This is a life without me. I'm restraining these four. These four have been wanting to destroy you guys for a long time. Me and my goodness, me and with my love, God is saying, I've restrained them for all this time. And now you keep saying, I don't want God, I don't want God, I don't want God, I don't want God, I don't want God. So he says, okay. Guys, do what you want to do. I want to make sure I make this very clear. Again, we as believers in Jesus Christ won't be here. And you might say, so why do we study these things, Pastor Joe? That's a good question. One, for sure, we get to see what we're missing out on. <laughs> Another, I believe, so we can see into the future, so we can warn those. You don't want to go there. If you knew a bridge was out, this bridge out here, it was out, and, but there was no roadblocks, and you know for sure it's out. If somebody drives over, they're going to you know, fall off the end of the bridge because it's, it's totally torn up, and, and you're standing there. Are you going to just, you, people are driving like 60, 70 miles an hour. Are you going to just go, oh, there's another one. 
That's basically what it is. We see into the future. We know what's going to happen. And it's a, we're not to just wave at people. Whoa, love them all the way. I love you, brother. Whoa, whoa, we love you. Love them all the way to hell. No, it's like, stop. Wait, stop. The, the road's out. It's being repaired. I don't know why there's nobody blocking the road, but please turn around. Go another way. You might get some crazy people say, get out of my way. I'm not going to. Then it's up to them. This will happen. Mark God's word. It's judgment that's coming. And we read this to make application. We need to tell people, God's a just God. He doesn't like dishonest scales. He doesn't like lying. He doesn't like cheating. He doesn't like killing innocent babies as we've done in this country. He doesn't like that. He hates it. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory.